Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. Uh, I'm David Fraser. Slimmed down show this week because Finney's not here. He may be listening, uh, well, he may listen to this after we've recorded and, and conclude that it's in more than one sense. But no, no, Finney, it's, uh, there's three of us here to talk about the events of the week. There's me, David Fraser, joined by Gemma Fumigali. Hello. And Kevin McSweeney. Hello. Um, and... Yeah, we, 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 uh, we say there's no Finney, but there may well be. We are not joined by who we were hoping was going to be our special guest. I know, Gemma, you are very, very upset about that. So <laughs> we were supposed to talk to Clint Hill, but the message has come through. The old man flu has struck. Can I speak to you guys next week? I'm struggling with man flu today. Monkey emoji. If Clint Hill has man flu, that is hospitalisation for the rest of you. How <laughs> ill do we think How Clint Hill is with the man flu? Really I thought he was harder than that. Yeah, but you don't know how bad it That's is. That's what I mean. He must be really yeah. seriously ill. Yeah. Well, he's well enough to send a WhatsApp. Maybe he dictated it. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. He said, I'm wiped out. Give me a shout. Then thumbs up emoji. So he's a man who likes emojis. He's going to survive so we can rest easy. Yeah, exactly. I suppose the first thing to say was the reason why we wanted him on was because um, there was a theory that he was had an imposter on Twitter. Yeah, there's been a bit of discussion. And we know that's not true. Was there? No, it actually is Clint Hill on Twitter. Why would, why would apart from anything else, if it was an imposter... Why would this imposter be talking about random things to do with Carlisle United? I think it was the. It, I think it was the um, how, when Clinton Hill had his original Twitter account, which was back a few years ago. He didn't really say very much at all, and, no. and he he just stopped talking. I think his last comment was something about Barton, which wasn't particularly complimentary. No. And then the account just was left, and then suddenly he came back on and started liking lots of people's tweets and talking a lot, which we're not used to. No. Know? And so I think lots of people started to say, "Is it really him?" I'm not saying I'm not saying Clint Hill didn't have a personality when he was a player because he did, but I do find when players chill out, don't they, when they get towards the end of their careers and they realise they are an actual person and human being and they're allowed to have opinions and laugh at things and interact with people. Alan Shearer's the best example. I mean, okay, he's not exactly <laughs> sort of life and soul of match of the day, but he's far more entertaining than the sort of piece of chipboard that he was as a player don't you like don't don't you find but that? you find that with with players when the alan shearers had a long time in the me- had a long time in the media so then he went through a transition a bit like how gary lineker was wooden wasn't he but yeah. when he started so i think <laughs> it's the confidence thing as well mm. of then finding their own voice maybe it's just age generally i mean don't forget a footballer retires in their mid-30s that's probably the age where most people just become a bit more confident, isn't it? And yeah. sort of worked out who they are. And we forget, because they're footballers, they're actually young men anyway. This feels like this is getting way too serious. Um, so let's de-serious it um, by talking to Paul Finney. So Finney couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be on today, but that very rarely stops him. Couldn't be here with us in person. He was at Bristol on Saturday and we wanted to catch up with him about it. And so if the M6 allows and the phone coverage around the M6 allows, he should be on the line. Right, Paul, it's 
not the greatest line, and you have a, a van load of flowers that you need to deliver safely to their destination in Manchester, hence why you're not here. So we won't talk to you for long, but tell us about Bristol, if you must. Well, first of all, I've done Manchester, but way back to London, so there you go. All right, okay, good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, just in case you see me in the M6, go the wrong way. Good detail, yeah. Um, Bristol is just ridiculous, because... They played better when they went down to 10 men, and we played worse when they went down to 10 men. And I just don't understand why we have to go to the default substitute all the time and bring a Smith on and launch the ball up when you've got like someone like Flint, who's just got a mark about the game, not giving it back. And then they got a ridiculous second goal, but they actually pierced us with a man down. I mean, and, oh yeah, we had one shot like, with, uh, against 10 men. So... It was pretty rugby, to be honest with you. But what worried me more the most was that we just didn't seem to have an idea of what the hell we were doing. People who weren't there will say, hang on, how how can it be that usually when someone you play against, you win with 10 men, you've got your man sent off very late in the game. But that didn't happen here. It was nil-nil at the time the geezer got sent off. So a lot of people will say, how... Can QPR then let in two goals and lose the game? You were there. Explain. Well, to a QPR, we can friggin' do anything, by the way. I don't know. I mean, even with Ben, we didn't look like we were going to control that game in any shape or manner or form. We just, we still were second to every ball. We were still getting outpaced. And if anything, in the continuation of the game, after the 10 men, they still looked the more dangerous side. And sadly, it was, it was a definite red card as well. It would have been even worse if it was injustice. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was a red card. And I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is anymore. But, you know, we seem to be in this mindset. We're not going to get relegated. We're not going to go up. So, we'll win the games we have to win and just get to the end of the season. Is that good enough for most QBR fans? I don't know. And how were, how were the fans, how did the fans that made the journey down, how did they react to to events as they unfolded? Just a shrug of the shoulders, David, and off the go, like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, let's face it, we've won, whatever you say about the squad and the money and the transfers, the players that have come, that haven't come and the turn around, we've won two away games all season. It's not good enough. You know, that, that's simply not good enough, whether you're in transition or not, you've got to get a better account of yourself. And I think the fans are getting way too used to losing away from home. And that, that that can't be good for anyone, you know. It's 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 a worry, but again, if we you know everyone keeps saying it was to survive the season, to survive the season, to survive the season, but entertainment value is pretty zero. Finn, we're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, finish the call in a sec because it's it's not the greatest quality. But this week, where are you sitting on the Holloway in Holloway out scale? And also, we need 
we need to watch these kids get through, give them a chance and don't ruin them. All right, mate. Listen, focus on the road. Thanks for telling us about Bristol and um, thank you for being our special correspondent on the M6 this evening. How, how are the roads looking out there? Hey, bad, actually. Do you know what? It's really weird. I'm just... It's not about football stupidity. I've just listened to Radio 5. And Liverpool have dropped the £75 million defender. That's how mad football is at the moment. So, we're maybe not the basket case we think we are. I don't know. Football's probably gone mad. And hello to Gemma and hello... To Mr. McSweeney, by the way. Hello, Good evening, Finney. Good evening and goodbye. (laughs) All right, see ya. Bye. Cheers, Paul. Okay, so um, we've all seen the highlights and read the match reports. Finney is at a loss, having been there to sort of explain what's going on. What, what, what? Come on. Okay. Come on. One of you, Kevin. You've got your notes, you're you're raring to go. Right. I think throughout this, from after the early part of the season, if you take it from the autumn onwards, I think it feels like we are set up not to lose, not to win. I don't think it's brave, especially in the championship, because we're sat too far deep down the pitch and we're playing a system that we don't have the players for. And effectively, the midfield three... Is not going to score that many goals. And I'd like to know from open play, how many goals have we created? Because quite a few of our goals come from set plays. So if you look at it at the moment, in the last seven games, we've failed to score in five of them. Mm. That's what everyone's saying. This seems to be the accepted wisdom is the system that we're playing is not the right system for the players that we have, the opposition that we're playing in, the league that we're playing in. Well, definitely from the point of view, if you think about we're too deep on the pitch. Mm. So we don't, we don't, Finney hit the nail on the head if you look at that second goal Bristol got. But shouldn't being deep on the pitch mean that you don't let in two goals to ten men? But we were up (laughs) the pitch for a, we were up the pitch for a corner or set play, a Mm. corner wasn't it? And they broke, but they break with pace. We haven't got that much pace. We haven't got much of anything. What have we got? We haven't got a striker. We haven't got enough pace. We're not keeping the ball on the ground. We're not comfortable with what we're doing we're not getting the best out of our players which I have to say is my biggest bugbear with this because Mm. I'm not someone who sits here thinking after everything we've been through we need to buy more players do I think we are getting the best out of the players that we've got no categorically not and that's where my beef about all this is because I just don't think do you think we're getting the best out of any of our players I think that Lungo has had has had a good season and we've we've seen how we knew he was a good technical player, but we've seen how the system works for him. But it's got to work. You've got to set up the team to be able to score goals. Because no- goals are going to keep you in the league and keep you comfortable. Yeah. And nobody's consistent. So you'll have somebody who'll have... You know, Freeman will have a good game, Luongo will have a good game, but nobody's really... We're not stringing together a group of players at all or even enough of them who are having good games at the same time. But I just... I think, it, to me, it's a bit like having the England cricket team without a batsman. Didn't you know. take you long to get <laughs> No, well, yeah, still, slightly, still recovering from the ashes. But, you know, we said at the beginning of the season we were worried about the striker situation. We know we can't afford a striker. We know that's not going to change. And so you sort of hoped that as the season progressed, we would work with what we had. Washington would start scoring. Mm. I know Silla's injured at the moment, but that somebody would just appear from the group we have, find a bit of form, a bit of confidence, and the goals would come. And it's not doing. And we can't doesn't matter what we do i mean we've got the worst clean sheet mm. is it the second worst clean sheet record in the league 
and we can't score goals. Well, the club will say, of course, we, we, we know that we needed a striker, but um, they're not that easy to come by. No, but that's not the... The answer is to play to the strengths of your strikers of to create as many chances as possible. And we're not set up to put balls... We don't get many balls in from beyond the penalty box in open play. Mm. Actually, we don't even play through the phases of the pitch. That's the thing. We either do one thing of one way or we just hoof it. So from that point of view, you don't see a pattern of... You don't really see a pattern of play. So from that point of view, if we were... If Silla was fit and you were getting balls into where he runs into instinctively in those areas, you'd score, you, would score, you would score some goals. Well, Gemma, you're saying we don't have the players, and Kevin, you're saying we don't have the coaching. I think we've... I think, I know, I think the number one for me is that we are not co- we, we're not getting the best out of what we have. Yeah. And I said early in the season, I think we, we have... On flashes, page, we do. We have a good enough group of players to be, I think, a comfortable mid-season side. We are not at the moment a comfortable mid-season side. We don't yeah. look like one. And what we all wanted in the, all the bad seasons... do you seasons, think we're that far off a, mid, a mid-table side? A mid-table side loses I as think many look, as it to wins. To me, at the moment... On the whole, we look like a relegation battle side. The last two weeks, but we didn't the two weeks before that. We're a lower third team. Yeah. We are what we were. We are exactly where we, we were in the latter part of last season. We've slid back down. If you look at the if you look at the first eight games at home, uh, the first eight games at home, we won five, we drew two, and we lost one. So we got seventeen points out of that game. Those games. So that's play. That's playoff mm. form. Problem is, you get found out in your systems. And our system might suit our home pitch, but we play on 22 other pitches that are bigger. So then in the last six games at home, we've yeah, won one. 23 other pitches, isn't it? Uh, sorry, 20, 23. Yeah. So Apologise. Uh, sorry for being a pedant. Yeah. yeah. So then in the last six games at home, we've won one, drawn two and lost three. So suddenly our home form started to crumble and confidence has gone off. But then we're getting on. a point again, which... Yes, is not re- and, and that's consistent. That's pretty consistent. The last 10, 11 games. We've got 11 points from 11. We've got 10 points from 10. That's not championship winning form. That's not playoff form. But it's not relegation form. That's, you get a point a game. And, I think it's just for me, it's the feeling about, it's the feeling about the team. And it's not what you know where we said we did we wanted players that wanted to play for the club. You know, we've got that. You can't and the one thing I would say from the matches that I all the games I've seen, I don't feel like it's that they're not trying. Yeah. They really are trying, but a lot of the time a lot of them look quite desperate and frantic and not sure what to do. And there's a lot of panic. And it's not like they're coming out after half time and you feel like the team talks change things, mm. done much. You kind of can guess what's going to happen next with the subs. So I don't have any confidence at all in what Holloway's saying to them or doing with them. And the fact that he then comes out after this weekend with that press conference and, and kind of holds his head up and said, well, I don't know what happened and I don't, don't know what went on. It was a disaster. They played really badly. Well, great. That fills us all with loads of That's confidence. That's always a worry when managers come out and shrug their shoulders and don't quite know where to Because then what? What are we all supposed no. to think is going to and how does that also come across to you've already got a fragile bunch of players who clearly the confidence is low the manager's saying he doesn't know what to do or what's happened I would say that the thing is you can only say that once or twice a season if you think in 10% of your games a season your team might play awful, awfully 
and not respond. But you can, a manager can only say that once or twice. You've only got that once or twice in the locker. I don't know if they still have key, keys to lock them in in the dressing room. Do you remember that mm. used to be the thing? Mm. <laughs> so uh, from that point of view, to hear him come out and say, it's not my team, as Clive Whitten pointed out in Loft of Words, sounds very weird after this long in charge. Is that what he said? Yeah. Holloway it, said it's not my team. In terms of that wasn't my team out there. Right, okay. And, and you're like... Well, who else is going to take responsibility for what's And what was interesting, I was thinking about earlier today, just to think about it, is he's been here 14, coming on to 15, 14 months. What other managers have done in 14 months? Neil Warnock had won the league in 14 months. Terry yeah. Venables had set up a team from the lower... Oh, but you're going back. No but, no, but I think it's important for people to understand what an impact can be. And the, ba- the window for Holloway was never set high. And at this moment, everyone's going, well, at the end of the season, this needs reviewing. And you weren't, we weren't setting a high window. No. But, but, yeah, sorry, go on, Gemma. I just think the problem is, I mean, I'm, a, I'm now... A, Holloway lost me. He lost me at Brentford. But... I think the problem is I don't see any solution. It's not like I see... I don't think just... that was the line in Jerry Maguire. You lost me at Brentford. Lost <laughs> <something> <laughs> else, wasn't it? You, lo- you lost me you at lost Brentford. Me at Brentford. <laughs> yes, um, sorry. Oh, God, now... Sorry, <laughs> I completely interrupted you with an um, old René Zellweger Yeah, no, you completely threw me on the phone. Um, he lost you at Brentford. He lost me at Brentford. But I think the problem is it's not that I'm under any illusion that there's money, that there's other managers, that there's anything else. But I don't see a... On my big concern, biggest concern at the moment is the amount of people who aren't going to renew season tickets. I mean, I think it's so huge, the problem. I don't think the club probably even realised quite how bad it's going to be next season. I know more people not renewing than I know renewing. I mean, it's just, it's catastrophic. And when you say to people and you think about it, what are we looking forward to next season? Can anyone think of a reason why you're looking forward to next season? So when the renewal thing comes through, what are people going to think? Because... That is a problem yeah. on top of it as well. Is it's not like okay, let's get through. We'll we'll survive. We'll muddle along. We'll drag ourselves that across is. the line. We're not even in a weird. So this is my view. I've, I said this a couple of weeks ago. We're not even looking forward to relegation. We are just going to be that fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. I believe for a couple of seasons. The new the, Ipswich. The, the, yeah, and the, the kind of the prospect of strapping in for that isn't isn't that appealing because as a football fan you you go to the game you want some jeopardy we might we might lose but we'll turn it around you know we're at danger of going down but we'll really put up a fight or you know we could win this and push on but it's just nothing at the moment isn't it there's no bright there's no there's no sunshine beyond the clouds at the moment now things things can change but I agree with you for a couple of years it's going to be you're looking for so steady progress but you don't see it sell that you can't you, you've just got, you rely on people's. What you can do, you can you can esports. Ah, that's how we sell it. <laughs> We're going to win the league. Esports. Well. Right. Oh. What you can do. Though, More on that later. <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. What you can do though, if they reduce the player budget, if the player budget is reduced down, they can use some of that money from the player budget to offset some prices. Will prices make a difference? Well, no. It it helps. It would help from the point of view. It's. It would be a more meaningful gesture. I think the problem's too big now. That's my concern. I think the problem is we're on the back of the last few years. Everybody's seeing where it's going. Everybody being realistic about the future. 
even if you drop the prices, it's like the cup games. We've all cried out for let's have cheap cup games. We'll fill. We don't fill it. it doesn't, it's not a price it's thing. It's not a price thing. And because also, it's not just the price of the ticket. It's for a lot of people, the price of their travel. Mm. Um, they've got to get down here. They're demoralised. They've got to give up time with their family, doing other things. They're not going to, even if you drop the price, I think most, I can't think of anyone I know who's not renewing who would make a different decision if you drop the price. It's, it's got to the point, it's so bad and they're so down about it. And it's like we're burnt out so many people are burnt out that you can't clamber that back you know you might if we were really lucky and we suddenly had a good run at the end of the season maybe people would pick up but are we about to enter i mean this is a dreadfully depressing podcast are we about to enter the era that West Indies cricket, Gemma, to use a cricket analogy? <laughs> well, without has the sun, facing... you can't drink watching it. It's, you know, it's, it's dire. You know, West, I take West Indies rubbish. Are we in our post-Curtly Ambrose phrase? Yeah, I think we are. That's go a very good cricket, cricket analogy, analogy. Where it's just dreadful for a number of years. Sorry, Kevin. But that's why it's more intrinsic to play positive football. You've got to give people some football they believe in. flashes. Flashes. We will just come off to get two wins on the bounce before this run. No, but the philosophy, his philo- the philosophy is stuck in a system that doesn't generate that many goals. It doesn't generate, fo- it doesn't generate much football to get you excited. Mm. And that's the, that would be the change, the change of philosophy and the change to go out and to try and win every game. To get, like Finney says about the away support, they don't, I was at Birmingham and that was, that was a tale of one team being better than, better than a poor, very poor team. And it was, we had a great following that went to Bristol this weekend. How many was it? 1,100 people went to Bristol for that. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I think, the third highest away attendance in the league last weekend. And that, that is their reward. I mean, it, you just can't have games that bad. And as soon as that red card went up I just said we're going to lose this anyway you know I had that awful sinking feeling because I'm the biggest pessimist it's almost on like the, re- the results either way are not really swaying people either way because if you look at our last few results we're getting everything in twos we're getting two wins in a row two draws in a row two losses in a row it, 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 if you look at the last 10 results it's it's always works out like that every result we have so we won't lose on Saturday we'll probably do okay against Barnsley we might draw and then we'll draw the next game whatever doesn't really, but then you look at the wins and you think, well, Cardiff was nice to beat them, but it wasn't, wasn't that brilliant no. a win, was it? And th- I understand from the Burton game, it was kind of not the most incredible performance either. You we know. needed a cup run this year. If ever we needed, like, to win a game a fling and the then cup, to have didn't we? to have to play a, a big team and lose spectacularly, but at least get a good away game to go to, that would have probably just at least given us something to think about. But it's just the season is just. And it's, it is that petering out phase because there is quite a lot of teams below us and there's a points difference, isn't there? Okay. Transfer deadline day tomorrow. <laughs> We've done nothing. We have done nothing. We have... Uh, Got rid of a lot. So in, in my part of North London where I'm from, everybody was very excited about this chap we had on trial from Hendon. We had a, do you know about this? We had oh, a strike Muir. on trial, Nico Muir. Yeah. There was a, I mean, it's a little bit, my mate said this, my mate said that. My son's football coach apparently said he's brilliant. But this, got, this geezer at non-league level has got a very good scoring record. We, we, we let him go. We, we, we didn't renew his trial for whatever reason. I, it, you know, there's not much prospect of us bringing anyone in, or from what I've seen. None. Is this going to be the first transfer window in a long time? where we do no business, I, no incoming business. 
Yeah, I would have. I would have thought so. Given how much we've always talked how big the squad is, it won't do us. It won't do us any harm. But it would be. You mean it won't make any difference? Yeah, it won't make any difference. <laughs> and plus, I suppose the thing is, if the only way someone comes in, if there's something happens in the next twenty four hours where someone un- unexpectedly goes out. Now, I was thinking the day before that there was talk of George and Cousins going, wasn't there? There was talk mm. about Freeman going. Right. There's been Freeman going yeah, to Fulham. Freeman it's been rumbling all week, right. hasn't it? But I was thinking that that would be typical to se- to sell Cousins. When I'd be surprised if Lungo is still here and starting next season because his form will have been noticed. Mm. And Cousins is the replacement for Lungo going into his actual proper position. Um. Don't forget, effectively, we've lost a player because Freeman's now out. Um, sorry, Wheeler is now out. out for the season. Silla's struggling a bit. It's hard to say we've lost Wheeler when he was hardly played. Well, we've lost a squad member, so we've lost an yeah. option, you know. Yeah, uh, no, I, I get that. And, and uh, Jamie Mackey has just had a disc in his back removed. So, I'm And they're sorry. still saying oh, he'll be back in a few weeks. Nonsense. And I'm thinking... A disc? Are you a disc. serious? That is heavy. Yeah, it's, and he disc. shattered. I mean, he, he, oh, yeah. But they are still saying that he'll be. I mean, that seems completely unrealistic to me. There's no way Jamie Mackey is back in six weeks after having a disc removed in his back. Enough people have experience. Okay, we're not footballers, but <laughs> enough people know that that is a serious, serious yeah. operation. I mean, you you can get into serious trouble from those sorts of operations if they go on. There's no way he's back in six weeks. So he's probably gone for most of the season. Then you've got Wheeler not not out for the rest of the season. Smith, who came and scored the goal, who he obviously was the next saviour, as now he's injured. How, when's he back? Is he one of the ones Apparently who's... Apparently he's, he's... He's training he's, again. He's training again. And Grant Hall is training. Grant Hall was the worrying one from the point of view that coming back and having small injuries after a long injury, yeah. it suddenly leads to a very long time with very few games. Mm. We probably need, they need some loans at least, don't they? Loans can be expensive, can be expensive because you can't go up the leagues because of the loan fees. People are unlikely to, unlikely to loan from your own division. But going, get, potentially getting relegated, which I don't think will happen, is expensive, as is a whole bunch of your season ticket holders being completely demotivated and not renewing is expensive. So they probably need to bring in something, don't they? But to, then, to then, then you've got up. to have a manager that you have confidence is going to manage the people that come in because with my complete lack of any optimism at all, even if we got somebody in or a couple of loanies in, do we have enough structure in place that we feel they could slot in and then... Are we all in danger, when I say all the three of us, are we starting to sound like those windbags on Twitter? I definitely am a bit like that at the moment. Is it actually just, it's okay, yes, we've had a couple of bad results, but we know we're going to be where we are It's not okay for me. I've never in my whole life... Sorry, sorry, not okay, but I mean not terminal. And yes, we have a couple of bad results, but we know that whether it's this weekend or next weekend, we know that we'll string a couple of results together come the next two, three, four, five games. I don't. I, I genuinely don't feel that anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm trying that, my I don't, best. I hope yeah. so. I I'm hope, trying my but best. I don't feel... I've completely lost confidence from top to bottom. But were you in this mood, the same mood after Burton and Cardiff? I feel, yes, and actually... And I think the difference was... The, the reason I know I was is because the Cardiff win was great because we won't beat Cardiff, but my mood compared to how, for example, a season ago when I won a game, where it would kind of carry me through 48 hours, 
now I feel momentarily great, you know, hooray, but I just still feel that underlying thing of, well, it was a one-off, I don't feel... I do feel like I've just gradually all season deteriorated in my outlook, really. I think it's, I think it's the thing of... It's the a- hope that's gone. I think a lot of my hope has gone. You know, we either used to... We always used to hope for players. Mm. We'd hope for transfer window. We'd hope for something or you'd get a new manager and you'd hope. And then you'd, we had, you know, obviously all the money and then everything has gone. We've got FFP. There is, what is the hope? Because I'm struggling to find it at the moment. I think it's... If we could get, if we could see a, a decent run, a decent run of form over ten games or something towards the end of the season, it could make it could make a difference. I think it will, de- it will def- it will go a long way to defining the fu- defining the future. If we have a, if we have the same run as the rest of the season as we're having, I think the review in the in the summer is going to be pretty swift. What do you mean the review? I think. Ian Holloway has one year left on his contract. I thought oh, he the had review more than of that. Holloway. I thought he's got. So I thought it was a three-year. The two and a half years. Don't know. So it'd have been last season. Yeah. And so two then years. it's something like. Right. So this is the time when you decide to stick or twist. If you're getting down to that that level of time, because you have to plan forward. Mm. So then that's why everyone always talks about the. Everyone's been talking. This has to be looked at in the summer. But Fernandez has said he's sticking with him, and that's that. This is the long term, and I think everybody feels that that's. Is what he sticking do. with him though? Because he's not backed him in this window. Fernandez is a man that moves goalposts. Yeah, you know, look at Chris Ramsey. He can't do anything, and I suspect he doesn't want to spend any more money now. I, I could imagine now. You, you, his. I think I can't see it. He's out with the Indian Prime Minister now, and he's talking about his aeroplanes, and that's all going well. And I think this is just a pain, isn't it? It's not. It's not like he's getting much. He, he's lost interest. I think he's. He. I, I do think he's lost interest too. Cheer us up! Come on, Cheers we up. get a lot of stick for being a depressing podcast. Come on. Okay, this is quite amusing. Well, it wasn't amusing. I, I nearly lost it this evening. So I had a, a food delivery just before I came out to the podcast, and I've got a QPR doormat, which I've had for about two weeks, which is already rotting but that's you know keep it on merchandise anyway i'm very proud of the store mat and crest. yeah yeah the good, new good. one it's really nice it looks like a pitch I on mean, my it's great i can highly recommend them yeah, and, and the arsenal people in my household hate your it brand. sorry so, Go on. yeah no yeah. so of course i opened the door and the the guy's standing there with my food and he said oh great to see this he said i said oh are you a ranger he said no i'm a chelsea fan i can't think of anything i'd rather wipe my feet on yes at which point i stand there and my face turns to thunder i said well i'm afraid you're not welcome in this house then i said you can leave the food i will take my shopping and shut the door on you and then he i said were you at stamford bridge when we beat you he said well actually i've been there when you've beaten us a couple of times and then he said I don't know why you lot have got such beef with us. I said, well, where would you like me to start? I said, <laughs> from the, your treatment of, of, of our fans. I said, I can talk about when I was nearly glassed by some of your fans. And then he looked really uncomfortable. He said, yeah, we haven't got very nice fans at all. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> he left, left my food and went. Any substitutions? None. Good. Well, I think I'd have thrown them very at good. him. Did you return any bags? I did return the good. bags. Yeah, good. Always good. Doing your bit. I do. Anyway, I wasn't. I was. Um, yeah, I was. That was a bit, bit of a shocker. Yeah, I thought that as soon as you said uh, doormat, <laughs> I thought, no, you don't do that with your. Is that sold at the club shop? Yes. No, you don't do that. Don't let people tread on your stand on your brand. That is marketing one hundred and one. 
Well, the major reason was to upset the Arsenal people in my house. Yes. That's the major reason I have it there, because every time they walk in, they look down and they know they're not allowed to put stuff like that in yeah. my mouth. Oh. <laughs> did that cheer me up? I suppose it, it did. Che- yes, it did. <laughs> now, another subject to, che- to cheer you up as we career towards the Oz end, eSports. <laughs> now, I want to talk about this because there is a lot of people saying, why do the club push... First of all, congratulations, you support a team that's currently unbeaten (laughs) in the eSports season. Um, There's a lot of people who are saying, why do they keep pushing? Why do the club keep pushing this? What do you think? Because I have a slightly alternative view to probably the norm. Is it something that winds you up? like everyone else you don't care you ignore it you don't read it on the website there's a lot of people getting very wound up by this kind of bombardment of esports messages uh, for me i'll just say it's so typical qpr that we have to we're, we're doing badly and and what can we do let's find something that we can all be really positive about and i mean i said in the week should we can we get season tickets for esports <laughs> then you know <laughs> i really no. Well, no, it doesn't do it for me. But I'm not that wound up about it. I just think it's laughable. But I mean, so much is laughable. Kevin, I know it's I know it's following a trend because I know in Europe, sort of like clubs yeah. are employed people and things like that. But it tend I tend to sort of like just see it fly past on the timeline. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm too old. Maybe I, it's a young person. So yeah. I don't. I can see we're not going to get much of a, of a debate about it. <laughs> I, I happen to think it's probably something worth trying because at the end of the day, as I say, um, we probably have got an ageing fan base and we know that young people engage yeah. with this, so why not try it? But I can see that from looking at the two of you, you don't really care either way about esports. So let's, <laughs> no. uh, let's uh, move on. Let's move on. So um, we're at the R's end already. Anything that you sort of want to bring up, haven't brought up? think worthy of discussion um i was going to give a pat on the back to the club actually in my r's end which was around the crest oh in, in, not leeds <laughs> in relation to leeds how smug were we all feeling <laughs> how smug not only were we all feeling but was ian taylor feeling yeah. and his team um and i i could sense him pulling himself back from i can't criticize <laughs> another colleague at another club but i so wish i could yeah because this is how we did it um there's a lot look there's i mean if, if you for any reason anyone was out of the country didn't see this leeds just completely tanked with a release of a club badge which they claimed was six months in the making they claimed they consulted <laughs> ten thousand people on and it looked like a what's the computer game? I can't. No, it's Gaviscon. It looks like Gaviscon or a Pro Evo soccer. Um, yeah, it was awful, awful. They obviously didn't consult anyone, and it did shine a light to me on. There are some areas that the club has improved on in the years, and one of them is communication with the fans and kind of from marketing and brand perspective, as it's called. We had an awful badge. And they didn't replace it with an awful badge. They actually replaced it with a brilliant badge through a brilliant process. There were no surprises. I think, if I remember rightly, we voted on four badges, didn't we? And we decided which was our favourite. So in a bit of a bleak week, that sort of shone a light for me on not a bad job done. I feel sorry for the press guys at QPR at the moment. I mean, really, I would not want that job. They haven't got much to work with. They've got not much. I mean, it is. It's eSports or our badge. That's it. (laughs) 
So I think the fact they're still there is, is they, they do deserve a pat on the back, definitely. The, the other moan I have is that sending off on, on Saturday was a bad tackle. But if you watch the highlights, you then see um, our centre forward, the young lad, OT, uh, applauding him being sent, given a red card. Which maybe, I mean, I'll get whatever. It's, know, it's not, I really hope, I doubt we will ever know whether he was or wasn't picked up on it. But that is not the way to behave. That is not the way that I want to see the players in our club no. behaving. And I hope he is young and all the rest of it. So I'm sure he will learn from it. But I hope it just wasn't sort of skated over and ignored. Not, not a good look. No. No, it looked very poor, didn't it? Uh, ladies first, Gemma. Um, my R's end is to do with alcohol, obviously. Um, <laughs> Because in case anyone doesn't know, I'm doing dry January and really have been grumpy about it. Um, for anyone who sits in the loft, I'm trying to find my picture actually, um, who goes to the Blue and White Bar, there is a, clearly there's been huge consultation, probably akin to the Leeds badge consultation. And there is a queuing system complete with signs, um, roped areas, um, where you can't just walk up to the bar unless you get into one of the queuing lines. But just in case anyone from QPR does happen to listen to it, Word of advice, if you've got roped queuing lines, you need to have a member of bar staff at the end of that queue because there's no point having lines, but then the bar staff are all in a different place. So it's a nightmare. And everybody's very grumpy about it because everything's taking much longer. So people are queuing and then they're finding that actually it's made everything worse. And I don't know how much the signs have cost. The whole thing must have taken a lot of hours. I have pictures of the signs. I have pictures of the ropes because we all stood there going, what was the point it worked before? Why have we changed it? So that's my answer. Sort the blue and white bar. Sort the blue. Just get rid of the signs. Let's just go back to trying to serve as many pints as we can in 15 minutes. We don't need the queues. Kevin. Right. Am I in the opposite? Did you notice uh, there last week where they asked people to uh, make sure they were linked up for their uh, account for season oh, tickets. Oh, God. Yeah, I spent about 15 minutes trying to work it right. out, and I don't think it worked. Right. I can't do it. But Give my it. thing was, it feels like they're going down a certain... One, they're saying, oh, season tickets are being done shortly. Mm. And then is the point of, what about the people who aren't, don't have internet access or, or, or Wi-Fi at home? Does everyone have to go down that path? That was my only wonder. Uh, I wouldn't have thought no but it was just the way it was put it was you know season tickets must have done I thought I'd link my accounts I've had three attempts at it I've spent a lot of time I tweeted about it a while ago because I was so frustrated but I thought I'd done it I can buy tickets I I still don't understand understand A why I needed to do it B if I've done it right and C what difference it makes anyway even if I have done it right no I'm saying I know that isn't actually my other process but I did notice I was just looking at next year (laughs) next year and things like how do we generate better walk up crowds and things like that I was wondering if we needed to extend our discount in the Premier League yeah. Okay. It's not okay. like South Africa. I'll come Af- up with a different idea. It's not we'll like South Africa. You can't buy your place in the right. Premier League. Is that right? Can you yeah, do that? Yeah, you can. Yeah. The team in the team who got promoted last year yeah. couldn't afford to go up, so they sold their spot to the team who finished six. Really? Yeah. Wow. There's a thought. <laughs> we can. In, Britain buys its place in the Eurovision. Why can't we just? No, it wouldn't be right, would it? We can sell our top of the league esports place to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that would generate Yes. Yes. See, you've got a final respon- uh, positive response yes. for esports out of us. Yes. I-, I was just thinking about the discounts for like 
we've had the rail card extended to the under 30s, so do we need to extend these discounts for people un- under the age of 26? But it's not about price. I'm not, but I really no, don't think but it's about the price. War, but the walk-ups, what I'm worried about at the moment, our walk-ups, we get no walk-ups, and plus we don't do much promotion in the local area. You don't no. see billboards, you don't see things like that. You don't see offers for postcodes around the area. You know, there's lots of things they could be thinking of that mm. other sports in the area like London Broncos do that for uh, postcodes around their ground in Ealing. Mm. So it's just different. And, you know, there's a lot of people that come to university in London who like football, who might not go back and watch their teams. So, you know, you could have, they, could, they could do something there with stalls at fresher weeks because a lot of people stay in the city once they've graduated. There's lots of things where they could. There's untapped sources for. We know we've got an aging an aging crowd, so then there's things that could be thought about for next year mm. to just improve the gates. One thing they do, which I, and I'm not because I'm part of the aging crowd, um, th- that we're they all do. Aging. We're literally <laughs> I'm particularly all aging, aging fast. Yeah. I do think that they could do more um, if you're work, looking at the kind of walk-up crowd as opposed to the season ticket holders. In in the states where they nominate games, they start at the beginning of the season and they pick the games for whatever the reason that they think are going to be games they can really promote. And they do like Flag Day, Taco Day, mm. Food Days, lots of them. But because um, I think Finney's this? this is baseball because yeah. Finney was saying something about doing free shirts or something. But you don't have to necessarily do free shirts, but you just do something where it could be a free pint day. But at the beginning of the season, you know, you can look. Dan, you're laughing because I've gone back to alcohol again, haven't I? Um, but at the beginning of the season, you've got certain hours games. 24 to go to the end oh. of dry January, Gemma. It's actually, You yeah. had a lovely pistachio cupcake, though, it was instead lovely. of alcohol. Yeah, but it would have been nice if there'd been gin in the ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think you could do something like that where people might pick a game and say, regardless of the results, they sit on the calendar, they think they'll take the family along to that because some, they're going to get something that's not necessarily a discount but just supposedly the added value thing That's, anyway ideas oh, lots of ideas to try and get the crowds up let's just make it a bit more exciting to start winning a, a bit challenge for stuff okay before we finish predictions for Barnsley you, you look so unimpressed at the prospect <laughs> of having to make a prediction um, we will win that draw because I, I'm definitely going for a draw I'll go for a draw because they only considered two goals late to Fulham and they're top of the form, t- form uh, league and Barnsley's form isn't as bad as people think are you saying draw because you think we'll lose but you can't bring yourself to say oh draw? no if I thought Gemma we'd lo- is. I, if I thought we'd <laughs> lose I'd say lose um, will Luke Freeman still be at the club that Depends I've, on Tom. Ask Tom Kearney. Kearney. I'm very worried that. The, oh, that's who they're lying. Oh, I see. So he yeah. has to go. It's a bit like the situation a with uh, a chain. So he has to go to West Ham. Yeah. For them to then supposedly come in and bid for Freeman. Get you. But, I, but it's, it's so QPR. This is what worries me. Is we always sit. We always do something in the transfer window, and now we're not buying anyone. It just has. QPR are going to do something and sell someone that would have a more critical time Smithies this year or something because he's our only real cre- he's our only source of creativity and he's not that great well, but he is from dead the price place. they're talking about getting for Tom Kearney is ridiculous I, is I think I saw 30 million for him well, I saw Seriously. they rejected 17 it was, it was ridiculous let's say they get 25 million for him then they're going to think well you know we'll spend 7-8 million on a replacement and if we get a bid for 7-8 million 
for Luke Freeman. Well, they know that we'd take four, wouldn't we? They so the figure being banded around was four, because how much do we... I, mean, I don't think we can... Three. Yeah, we're not in a position to refuse offers, I think. That's the problem. So will he be playing, yes or no? And will we have a completely new Queen's Park Rangers player playing on Saturday? I, th- I think Luke Freeman will still be here. I don't think the Kearney deal will go through. And I sound like Ian Dennis on Radio 5, don't I? And you I need, just need to say Sky Sources are telling me. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah, other channels are available. Uh, I was going to say, I think we won't have a new player. I think, I think Freeman will stay. Um, and I do worry that Smithies may go. Smith, what? We're about to finish the podcast. Smithies. I just really worry he might Smithies, go. We've got four goalkeepers. Go? I don't know, but it just worries me. I think they don't. People don't usually spend much money on goalkeepers, though, do they? In the Championship, per se, or in the lower division. Is there anyone at the bottom of the Premier League that might come in for Smithies? I don't know. I'm just so worried something's going to happen that we haven't thought of. As I like to plan for everything. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks very much for, for joining us this week. Thank you for listening. This has been Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. We'll be back uh, next week. QPR. QPR. Rangers.